Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. So why don't we just get it in our minds that I want to live today closer than I lived yesterday to the Lord. No excuses are going to keep me from serving God or keep my relationship from growing in God. I will refuse to make excuses. But he's not there by happenstance. He's not there by mistake. He's there with a reason. He went through Samaria instead of taking the regular Jewish route. Somebody's confused, Jesus said. Somebody's living in a fog. Somebody needs this living water that I have to offer. Somebody needs a drink of this water. Somebody's life needs to be changed and therefore we're not going our regular route. We've got a meeting. We're on a mission. We're there to save a soul. We're there to reach out to somebody that's hurting. We're there to get somebody out of the fog I'm going to get into the word of the Lord God bless you today I feel every year that the Lord allows me the privilege of kind of giving us a first of the year message so grateful for what Brother Jones taught this morning in the adult class I would just recommend to our some of our young people, I know you're getting fed good upstairs in the students' uh, class, but uh, if you go on the podcast and check out that, I believe that that is a message that pertains to each and every one of us that's striving to do better. It's not always the great big things. Sometimes it's the little differences. It's the small foxes that spoil the vines, but it's also the small changes sometimes. You know, I got, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, how do small foxes get into the vineyard in the first place? They probably don't leave the gate open. They probably have small holes that nobody tends to. Sometimes it just takes fixing a small issue, a small problem to keep the problem from happening at all. And I'm thankful for good direction today. Yes. Amen. From the word of the Lord. John chapter 4 verse 14. It's a portion of scripture that I believe many of you will recognize Jesus is speaking here to the woman at the well and I'll get into the whole story a little bit later kind of touch on the highlights he is telling her about a water that he is going to give John 4 and 14 says but whosoever drinketh of the water that I, speaking, Jesus speaking of himself here, that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So the woman responds in verse 15 and she says to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She's standing there with a pot in her hand ready to pull water out of that well. And Jesus says, I've got some water here for you. And when you drink of this water, you're never going to thirst again. She says, I'll take some of that. Kind of a chore to have to come to the well every day or twice a day or whatever the routine was she says I'll take some of that Jesus said it's not a water that comes out of a 
a well such as Jacob has dug here. He said, this water is going to be in you. A well springing up into everlasting life. I simply want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, Drink the Water. Drink the Water. Amen. Would you bow your heads and put your Bibles down? Let's enter into this message today with a prayerful heart because I believe that within this message lies some answers for some people that are struggling today. Would you help me pray? Would you lift your voice to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus? We pray over this message today. God, you see each and every individual that's come into this place, this house of worship. Lord, we pray that your anointing would be upon the remainder of this service. Everything that's been said, everything that's been done, every song that, that has been sung, Lord, right now has led us to this moment. God, I pray that every heart would be open to receive the word of the Lord today because we know that that word will never come back void. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And would you say amen? amen. Come on, say it like you mean it. Amen. amen. There you go. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. We are entering into a brand new year, and I believe that it's important that we get started out on the right foot. We lay some groundwork as we enter into a new time, a new phase. You know, this, I believe, I can agree with Brother Jones. I'm excited about what 2020 has in store for Landmark Apostolic Church. I'm excited for what it has in store for the families that attend this church. I believe with all my heart, faith believing that this is going to be a year of miracles, signs, and wonders, a year of revival, a year of growth, both numerically and individually in our spirits. I believe that this could be the year, amen, that this church sets itself up through the help of God on a brand new level that God has designed us and wants us to be in and a part of. The other morning, I took off for work after hitting the snooze button five or six times. I, did you notice who he turned around and looked at this morning when he said that he knows, he knows who I am. He knows what habits that I have that need to be broken. And, uh, what? <laughs> exactly exactly amen and so I woke up and I took off in seven minutes or less after I got dressed and ran out the door with my hair still wet actually my hair wasn't wet I just threw a ball cap on that's what I do throw a ball cap on and on, on my on my way I go and so I hopped in my car, and uh, any of you that know me very well, you know that I don't allow myself a whole lot of extra time. I'm not that guy that gets there 30 minutes before I have to punch in on the time clock. I, I'm usually the guy rushing in with maybe 30 seconds to a minute uh, uh, left, and, and very rarely do I have to go and stand there and wait to punch in. I'm usually walking right in and punching the time clock right, right uh, on the moment, and so here's where the problem set in. I hopped in my car and I began to go out of the neighborhood and got out on the main highway and I realized that it wasn't going to be a very good trip to work because the dense fog had settled in. Did anybody else have to get up and drive through that fog at any point? Okay, we've got several. You know what I'm talking about then. So I hopped in my car and, and the new headlights that I put in, you know, they're, they're, 
they're not real bright. They're, they're a little dimmer than my old headlights, but I do have fog lamps on, on the car, and I turned those on, and I began to drive down the highway, but, but I noticed very quickly that I was not going to be able to go the normal speed that, that I usually took on my way to, to work, and, and as I traveled, I began to get outside of town where I didn't realize how, how you know, different things looked, you know, and I, there's a spot that I usually make a right-hand turn to head this little shortcut so I can get to work just a couple of minutes quicker and, and I get down to that place and, and I'm thinking it's, I surely ought to be there by now and, and I'm not because I'm only driving about half the speed and it feels like I ought to be there so I keep looking at everything that I see. I'm slowing down. Is this it? Is this it? Should I turn here and I turn my blinker on the guy behind me slows down then I turn my blinker off and keep on going and finally when I got there I didn't see it and I drove right past it and had to go down to the next road. You know what I'm talking about. It's difficult to see. It was hard to tell where I was. It was hard to see where I was supposed to turn, even though I've driven that same route for years. Fog has a way of slowing things down. Fog has a way of disorienting us as humans. We can't see. We need to be able to see where it is that we're at in order to know where it is that we're going. Fog has a way of making us feel closed off from everything. It has a confusing effect that can cause you not to know where you're at. It has an effect that can cause you not to know which way to go. If I were to stop and turn off my lights, I wouldn't have known that morning whether I was headed north, east, south, or west. It wouldn't have mattered to me. I couldn't tell. I was disoriented. I wouldn't have known what direction I was pointed it was nice when I finally drove out of that fog and I could see again. I could finally move forward with some certainty. I could pick up the speed a little bit, not worry about plowing into a slow driver that was ahead of me or missing a turn. I could, I could see clearly again. And, and the beautiful thing about that was I hadn't realized how stressed out that I had become from driving in that fog until I drove out of the fog and realized that I had a death grip on the steering wheel. My shoulders were all tense and, and I, I was sweating just a little bit. I had been so stressed out and not even realizing how stressed out and nervous I was. Sometimes it's hard to see how the fog is affecting you negatively until the fog is removed. I have a glass of water here I poured right before church in this pretty little glass. It reminded me of something I, I researched a little bit to see if I was correct. There's a study, there's a study out of Washington that they studied how much water it took to make fog. Now, as I was traveling through that fog the other day, it occurred to me that that must have been a whole lot of water. And it probably was in the whole scheme of things, but... I don't know if you realize it or not, but if you were to take a seven city block and go a hundred feet in the air and fill it with a fog that was so dense that you could barely see your way through it as you were walking and you would condense that entire seven city block, 100 foot high area of fog down into 
condense it into water, it might fill this glass up. It's amazing, isn't it? All of that distortion, all of that fog, all of that confusion, if it were condensed into liquid, would barely fill up this glass that I hold in front of you this afternoon. You see, it doesn't take a whole lot of water to make a whole lot of fog. And it amazes me how little water it takes in the wrong form to create a whole lot of problems. A lot of things happen in foggy weather. It's not that there's that much water involved. It's that the water is in the wrong form. The water is in a, a place that if you condensed it, you could drink it, but you can't you can't drown your thirst in a foggy situation. You can't drown your thirst. You can't quench your thirst from uh, from seven city block, hundred foot high wall of fog. It simply can't be done. It has to be put into a glass. It has to be put into a liquid form. This is the time of year that people are looking to make some changes in their life. Some things that can improve their life. And I think it is a wise person who chooses to make changes instead of excuses. This is also the time where a lot of excuses come into play. We think about making changes. We think about getting direction. We think about getting our questions answered and starting a new life. But as soon as things get a little bit tough, as soon as things don't happen as quickly as we want them to, all of a sudden, here come the excuses. It's also the wise person who seeks out good advice instead of quick and most likely temporary fixes to their problems. Not every problem can be fixed overnight. Not every problem can you take a pill and watch the problem go away. The doctors don't have the solutions for all of your life problems. Not every problem just with a, a snap of a finger will go away, but sometimes it takes what Brother Jones was talking about. It takes consistency. It takes making small changes. It takes putting disciplines into play in our lives for those changes to have any real lasting effect. That's right. You've got to stay after it. You've got to stay on it. I noticed a post that was getting a little bit of attention the other day on social media that Mallory had posted. It was simply about a bread that she had found. Any of you keto happy people out there? Nobody. <laughs> that wants to admit it. <laughs> well, she's gung-ho over this whole keto thing, is she not? Has it changed the way you eat in your house? No, not you. Just her. All right. And so Mallory found this bread that was keto-friendly, had very little carbs. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. I could care less. I, I, I'm not being mean to my daughter. I could care less about that bread. You know why? Because I'm not worried about doing a keto diet. People that are interested in the keto diet, they are interested in what she found. What she found was important to certain people that are looking for an answer, that are looking for a way. I simply choose to do it a different way. 
Maybe, maybe one day I'll get on the keto diet. And if I do, I know who I'm going to talk to because I have watched her be consistent with doing this diet. And I've watched the pound shed off of her. I've watched her become more healthy. I've watched her become more driven. But I've, I've seen it happen because she was consistent with it. So what I noticed was different people that, that were interested were asking the questions, how do I get started? Hey, I need a little help help. Can you give me a little advice? And her answer was, I, I love talking about it. I love uh, posting about it. You want to talk to me about it? I'll help you as much as I can. And the reason that they're asking is because they're looking at somebody that this has worked for them, but it's only worked because she's been consistent with it. They're looking for guidance from someone who has been a success story and made the lifestyle change and Stuck with it. I believe that there are people that are willing. They just need some guidance. There's some confusion. What can I eat? What can't I eat? I'm not going to live the rest of my life just eating a a few uh, simple things. I'm going to have to branch out and figure out how do people that are successful do this? It's not that they're not willing. It's not that there's not a desire They just need guidance in the right direction because there's so much out there that it's like they're in a fog. I just need somebody to help me understand. I I need somebody to tell me what to do, what to eat. I need somebody that 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 knows how to get out of this, that has walked through this path before. I need them to give me some direction. Change is hard. It's hard. Even the little changes are difficult. It's not the first time I've decided I'm not going to hit the snooze button more than once and I'm going to get up. But so far, I've not been able to make that happen. But but you know what? I'm going to try it again. We'll give you all an update in about a month, see how things are going. I've been inspired. It seems like a difficult thing when the reality is you know you got to get up, just not for three more minutes. <laughs> Change is hard. Change is challenging. But good change is also beneficial. You want something easy? Look for an excuse because excuses are easy. I think we're teaching the same lesson today. <laughs> excuses are readily available. Here's what I found out though. You know what? God, I believe, wants us to, to a certain extent to, to make some routines that are right. But if we look for excuses, we'll find excuses. They won't be really good excuses all the time. But if we want excuses to keep our distance from God, there we can find some excuses. Here's where the problem rolls in. After a certain amount of time, God will give you your own excuse. And when God gives you an excuse to stay away, amen, you're in trouble then. So why don't we just get it in our minds that I want to live today closer than I lived yesterday to the Lord. No excuses are going to keep me from serving God or keep my relationship from growing in God. I will refuse to make excuses. Excuses are easy and available. Here's the problem. Excuses leave you stuck in the same old place. 
You can excuse the reasons why we don't make changes, but you can't expect to be changed. This message today will have absolutely no effect on those who disregard the word of the Lord. But for those of you that are tired of where you're at, you just need a little direction. You feel like you're driving around in a fog and you're confused. I challenge you to let the word help you today. Let the word help you. Let the Holy Ghost remove the confusion and bring direction into your life. Because until you let the fog be turned into the water, you're going to find yourself wandering aimlessly. Let me direct you back to the text today. There's a beautiful dialogue between Jesus and this woman from Samaria that takes place. Jesus has just traveled a distance. He's sitting on the edge of this well. He's thirsty. He's thirsty because he's a human being. They didn't have bottled water back then. You know, take along with them on their travels. They didn't have anything like that. And so he, after traveling the miles that he's traveled, comes upon this well in Samaria and he sits there and he would take a drink, but he's got nothing to reach down into the well with and bring that cool, cold, refreshing water up to him so he can quench his thirst. And so there he sits and the disciples have gone on into town. They've got some business to take care of. And Jesus is sitting there all alone by himself, which I believe is his plan all along. Yes, yes. And as he's sitting there thirsty, there's a Samaritan woman who comes to the well carrying her water pot to get some water from the well. And Jesus takes the opportunity to ask of her if she would take her water pot and lower it down into the well, bring up some of that cool, refreshing water and allow him to drink of that water because he is thirsty. She responds with a few words of question that reveal a social problem, a barrier, so to speak, that exists between Jesus, who is a Jewish man, and her as a Samaritan woman. You know, it was rough enough that she was Samaritan, but the fact that she was also a woman, and I'm not saying that from my own feelings, I'm saying that from the words that she spake on this day. She says it very clearly. She said, I understand that the Jews don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. And so as Jesus asked of her a drink from the well, from the water pitcher that she has, she asked him a question. She says, how is it that you being a Jew would ask of me, a woman of Samaria, to give you a drink of water? Now, you can think whatever you want to, but in my mind, I'm kind of picturing the scenario they don't like each other. 
The Jews don't like the Samaritans. As a matter of fact, they'll go around Samaria just to not be a part of it, just to not have to walk and tread the same earth as the Samaritans. But here is Jesus in Samaria. He's come here and he's sitting here and she knows the social gap, the social divide, the problems that exist between the two different uh, cultures. And so when he asked her for a drink of water, she looks at him and says, oh, yeah, typically you wouldn't give me the time of day. Typically you wouldn't even speak to me. If this were any other day and you didn't have a thirst, uh, you, you wouldn't even acknowledge that I existed. I don't even know what you're doing here, but here you are and all of a sudden you need something from me. And now, now you're willing to talk to me. Now you're willing to speak to me. Thirsty, are you? Hmm. Awkward. This conversation is not really starting off so good. There's a problem. There's a clash. This woman doesn't understand who it is that she's talking to here. That Jesus doesn't have any ought against her. He has no problems with her. But the fact of the matter was that he went out of his way to meet this woman. But this woman is living in a fog. She's living in a confusion. She doesn't understand the way he feels. He doesn't, she doesn't understand that he has a love for everyone and wishes that no one would be lost. Even this woman who is a Samaritan. And so Jesus goes out of his way to make a meeting happen with between him and her but she doesn't get it she's in a fog the fog that she's living in is keeping her lost the problem is that the fog that she's in doesn't allow her to realize that she is lost There's a lot of people that feel like they're saved. They'll tell you that they're saved or have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But, but the reality is that somebody has given them some misinformation and they don't really see clearly what the Word of God tells them that they must do in order to be saved. Jesus knows this. And he responds, if you knew who you were talking to at this moment, <laughs> you'd be asking me for water. He understands her confusion. He doesn't downgrade her. He doesn't disregard her. He doesn't get up and be offended and walk away and say, you know what, I'll move along. I'll just wait for the next person. Maybe got a, a little more respect than you have. No, he realizes that the problem is from the fog yes. and that she needs to have her fog turned into water and drink the water. He says, oh, if you only knew who it was that you were speaking to, 
You'd be asking me for water, and I would give you water, but the water that I have to give you is not the water that comes from a well. The water that I have to offer you is a water that is alive. It is a living water, Jesus calls it. She says, how? You don't have anything to draw the water with. You're helpless. You're thirsty. You've got nothing. You don't know who I am either. You don't know what's going on. Jesus looks at her, and he sees her as a woman who is in a fog but he's not there by happenstance he's not there by mistake he's there with a reason he went through Samaria instead of taking the regular Jewish route somebody's confused Jesus said somebody's living in a fog somebody needs this living water that I have to offer somebody needs a drink of this water somebody's life needs to be changed and therefore we're not going our regular route we got a meeting we're on a mission we're there to save a soul we're there to reach out to somebody that's Hurting. We're there to get somebody out of the fog. Yes. The conversation continues. You ever, you ever been driving all of a sudden the fog kind of lifts and you can see it up above you. Maybe you go down through a little dip or you rise up out of it a little bit. You can see a little bit better. It's not that it's, that it's clear, but now you can see better than you could before. This is what's happening to this lady. Something began to churn in her mind. And she remembers hearing about a story about a Messiah. She says, I perceive something here. You're a prophet. And, and as most Christians know, I'm talking about, you know, people of, of faith. I'm not talking about just proclaiming you're a Christian. When somebody else finds out that you're a Christian, what do they want to talk about? I got people that I, that are on my uh, route uh, on the job, and I'll hear them over talking to other people, and they're cursing, and they're talking about things that I wouldn't want to hear. And next thing you, they walk over to me, and they introduce themselves, and we're talking for a little while, and somebody else will walk over and say, hey, watch yourself around this guy. He's a pastor. And they're like, oh, and I can, I can see they're turn red around the gills <laughs> because they're remembering what they were just talking about to somebody within my earshot. And all of a sudden, the conversation changes. They want to talk about spiritual things. That's what happens here. She, she talks to Jesus when she perceives that he is a prophet, not just a Jewish man. She says, it's come to light that I believe that you are a prophet. So she says, our fathers used to worship on this mountain. She wants to talk about worship now with Jesus. <laughs> Things are a little bit different. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, but Jesus puts a stop to it. And he says this. He says, you worship, ye know not what. He said, you go up into the mountains, your fathers uh, worship, but they don't know what it is that they worship. He said, we as Jews, we go to Jerusalem, and we know what we worship, but y'all just go up into the mountaintop. You don't really even know what you're doing. You're worshiping false gods, false idols. You worship, but just because you worship doesn't mean that you are worshiping right or worshiping the one true and living God. takes more than just worship 
to take away the confusion. It takes more than just coming to church, folks, in order to wash away the confusion of life. You can come and you can sit with people that love God and are worshiping God and seeing things clearly, but until you drink the water, until you drink the water that is alive, until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're going to walk in confusion. It's not going to make sense. You've got to drink the water that Jesus Christ is offering you in order for the fog to lift from your life. For music come today. Jesus makes a statement here that in my book is one of the hallmark statements that we can find in the word of God. When he looks at the woman and he says true worshipers the true worshipers that God is seeking after worship in spirit and in truth. Everybody worships something. You can usually tell what people worship by seeing where they put their time, where they put their money into. what their life is focused on. We all got to work. Get up and go to work. I punch the time clock just like most everybody else here. But my identity is not in my secular job. My identity is in Jesus Christ. Brother Jones alluded to the fact that it's never been up for debate on what we would do on Sunday. You know what? Some folks treat church like if I ain't got nothing better to do, I'll show up. Now, I'm going to start this year off by pastoring us. I'm pastoring because I love you. If church is just something you do when you feel like it, when there's something, nothing better going on, If it's up for grabs in your list of things to do on a Sunday, then it's not in its proper place in your priority list. It's always amazed me that, man, there are more birthday parties on Sunday. Wow, more family get-togethers. And I get it occasionally that but I'm, I'm talking about when it becomes chronic. You got a family gathering once a year. I want you to go. I have never told anybody no. But if you got a birthday party that keeps you out of church two Sundays out of every month, you got a problem. If there's something that keeps you from consistently attending the house of the Lord and getting your strength and being with brothers and sisters that love you and care for you, It'll only be a certain amount of time before you find yourself disoriented, detached, feeling closed off. And the reason is you've just driven into a spiritual fog bank. It's hard to find your way out of the fog. And it don't take a whole lot 
take a whole lot of water to create a whole lot of fog. And if the water's not inside of you, alive, springing up from out of you, then it's on the outside of you, creating places that could cause disaster. You can't see the ditches. You can't see the signs anymore. You don't even know what direction you're, you're headed to. You're missing places that you should have turned off to. And you're turning in places that you should never be. And the next thing you know, your life is so out of, out of place. And, and you wonder, how, can I, how did I get here? It's because we must drink the water. Or the water will become fog. Would you stand with me today? She looks at Jesus and she says, I've heard of the Messiah and when he comes, he's, he's going to explain everything. And, and she gets her mind blown when Jesus looks at her and he said, Hey, the guy you're sitting here with on the edge of the guy you're having this conversation with, Knock, knock, knock. I'm he. Boom. You want the fog to go away? You know what, the, what gets rid of the fog? When the sun comes out, the sun burns the fog away. Hey, when the sun revealed himself, <laughs> when the sun came out and said, I'm he, the fog lifted if you're in a fog you need the sun to begin to shine in your life you need to drink of the water that is alive maybe you haven't had a drink in a while I think it'd be a wonderful thing if we started off this year being baptized with the Holy Ghost all over again telling God I'm thirsty for you Lord I'm thirsty for you now I don't know I can't tell you if Jesus ever got that drink of water because the Bible says that when he said this she dropped that that water pot and took off a running she said come see a man come see somebody that lifted the fog from my eyes I once was lost but now I'm found I just ran into the Messiah amen I just walked into somebody that revealed to me that there is a Messiah that is in our midst we don't have to live in confusion anymore we don't have to follow our forefathers and go worship something that we don't even know what it is we're worshiping for the first time ever in my life I can see things more clearly than I've ever seen them before but it only happened when Jesus gave her the water that was living and the sun was revealed somehow I get the feeling <laughs> that Jesus didn't stop there because he was thirsty not really after all he was God manifested in the flesh he could have commanded a water fountain to come up out of that I mean it came from a rock before he, he could have he could have done anything he was simply looking for a reason 
to help somebody drive out of the fog that they were living in. I wonder today, <laughs> I wonder if you're hungry for something deeper in God this year. I wonder if there's some things that have knocked you over in 2019, some things that have left you kind of confused. And I'm not saying that God has to reveal everything and that God has to tell you his plan because his ways are high. There's some things that we'll never understand that he does. But I'm telling you today, if you feel like life has kind of knocked you into a fog, is there anybody here that would come down to this altar on this first Sunday service of 2020 and you'd live your hands up to the Lord and you say Jesus let the sun shine down on this fog that I found myself in I'm ready to drive out of this place until I can see clearly again I'm telling you Jesus has a water that is alive that if you drink of it you'll never thirst again if you drink of it it'll help you see clearly if you drink it and take it in it'll help you to live for him the decision is in your hands. The next step is completely up to you. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.